Hello, boys and girls. You are welcome once again to my podcast. Thank you for sharing my podcast links to friends and for all your support. I'm so much grateful. I will be speaking today on the New Testament. The New Testament, though not all the texts for which I will offer explanations are in the strict sense sayings. They are hard for three different reasons. Some of them are hard because we do not understand them. In many cases, they can be clarified simply by adding some background information. In other cases, scholars are unsure of the author's real meaning, so we can only make the best informed guess possible. In such situations, dogmatism is ruled out. But anyway, we look at it, both of these categories are the easiest of the hard sayings. Either they can be figured out or they cannot. When they are explained, no problem remains. Those that remain unexplained should serve to increase our humility about interpreting Scripture. We do not yet know all that those writers did. If we accept this proposition, we can set aside these problems. Another group of hard sayings is doctrinally hard. That is, the saying appears to contradict some other teaching of Scripture or clashes with doctrine that Christians have held for years. The disciples' comment and was made about a saying such as this. Since we as Christians hold our beliefs about the teaching of Scripture deeply and sincerely, we struggle with anything that appears to threaten them. At times it is possible to explain such Scriptures and leave the doctrines intact. Perhaps we are just misunderstanding the scriptural author and when we understand what he really meant, we can see that there is no conflict. I suspect that the explanation of fits this category, but at other times a real conflict exists between what the author meant and our own doctrinal understanding. This is the real test. Will Scripture be allowed to correct our doctrine? Or is our doctrine the grid through which we will insist on understanding Scripture? Either Scripture or our doctrinal understanding is the Word of God. When they conflict, we find out which one we have actually accepted as our final authority. The hard sayings in the third category are not actually hard to understand. Rather, they are hard because we do not like what they say. They are hard to obey, and we would rather they meant something else than they do. Maybe in this category for some people, this podcast will be of relatively little help with this type except to assure each listener that the scriptural author does mean exactly what was feared. The issue remains as to whether or not the listener will obey the scripture. When it comes to obedience, a podcast cannot help. Each individual listener must decide. Thus, such sayings are in one sense the hardest of all, for we struggle with them most on the personal level. What, then, is the goal of my writing? It is to understand scripture especially some of the more obscure passages. By this I mean understanding what the original author intended to communicate when he wrote the words. That is, the author of each podcast of Scripture had something in mind when he selected the words to use in writing. My assumption is that these words, when understood within his cultural context, accurately represent what he wanted to communicate. In fact, it is a good working assumption that what an average Christian listener in the first century context in which that podcast of Scripture was written would have understood by the words fairly represents what the author intended to communicate. And this is what the church has accepted as the Word of God. The problem is that we are not first century listeners. None of us speaks Koine Greek fluently, unlike most of the authors we are discussing. Few of us are Jews. None of us are first-century Jews from the Eastern Mediterranean world. We have not listened the same podcasts or had the same cultural experiences as the authors of Scripture had. We speak a different language. Even our experience of the church is different. We know a world in which most churches are buildings with rows of pews and a platform of some type in the front upon which ministers of some description stand to lead worship. The authors of Scripture knew a church that met in groups of no more than 60 or so in private homes. Usually at night, they sat around a table for a common meal something like a potluck supper, 
Although for them it was the Lord's Supper, there was no such thing as ordination in our modern sense nor a difference between clergy and people. Leadership was quite fluid. Those who could lead were leaders. Furthermore, we know a church that is split into many different denominations and traditions. In the early period there was only one church, although it contained a lot of variety. Even among the house churches in a given city, we carry our Bibles into church or take them out of the pews. The scriptures in the early church were stored in a chest in someone's house and listened aloud during meetings by one of the few members who could listen. Finally, we know a church that looks back on 2,000 years of history and stresses the fact that God has spoken in the scriptures. They knew a church whose only history was the Old Testament and stories about Jesus. What animated them was a common experience of the Holy Spirit and through Him the living presence of Jesus in their midst. There was a dynamism that even the liveliest of our groups has probably not fully captured. With all of these differences, interpreting scripture becomes the job of getting back into that ancient world and then understanding how it correlates with our world. To do so we will have to listen to the Old Testament and the sayings of Jesus that the authors we are dealing with certainly knew. We will also have to consult some of the works written by Jews in the period between 400 BC and add 100, the intertestamental literature, which will show what first-century Jews, including the authors of Scripture, thought about various topics. In fact, one of our hard sayings, that in Jude, comes up precisely because Jude quotes some of this literature. Finally, we will have to attempt to understand the culture and historical situation. For that, too, will be part of the author's understanding and something that he shares with his listeners. This will enable us to translate not just the words but also the ideas of Scripture into our language.